This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Well, no one wants anyone to be forced to sleep outside during this cold snap, but some are making a big effort to ensure it doesn't happen. Jennifer Evans started a movement to book hotel rooms for some of Toronto's homeless people, and she's also inspired others to help pay the bills. Jennifer joins us on the line. Jennifer, congratulations on making a positive difference. I think we've got her locked in. We just need to figure out how to get her on the air. Well, let me just tell you a little bit about what Jennifer is doing. Uh, She started on the weekend when it was very cold outside. Hello? Hi, Jen. We've got you now. A few technical difficulties. Sorry about that. No problem. So tell us, uh, I was just about to tell your story because I've been talking about it all morning here on Zoomer Radio, but it would be great to hear from you how you got involved, how you came up with the idea to get some of Toronto's homeless into hotel rooms. Um, sure. I was just following a Twitter stream on uh, on the night before Christmas at New Year's Eve. Um, saw that one of the intake centers was going to be turning people down in order to... Uh, because they just didn't have the spaces and uh, said, I'd be willing to come down and help or uh, pay for hotel room. And then a whole group of people echoed that commitment, and we ended up getting about 165 hotel rooms committed, um, and we've gotten 18 people into rooms over the past three days. That I mean, it's just, it's amazing how you came up with the idea on the spot like that and ended up spending your New Year's Eve doing this. Uh, maybe one of the most memorable New Year's Eves you've had? <laughs> yes, I would definitely say that, yes. Well, now, long, how long can you keep this going? Because it's going to be cold for a while. This is obviously a short-term solution. Yes, yes. We are bringing the city in, actually, today. We have got uh, conversations with the city underway to find a more permanent uh, solution, and uh, hopefully we'll have something to report back on that shortly. And I want to hear from you too, the Zoomer Radio listener, your ideas to make sure no one gets left outside during these freezing cold temperatures this winter and winters moving forward. So your calls are welcome, 416-360-0740 or one 740 toll-free. Uh, also, there are others on City Council who are trying to improve the shelter situation. One of them is Kristen Wong-Tam. Kristen, hi. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. What do you think about these efforts by Jennifer Evans as a city resident? Uh, Jennifer represents the very best of of Toronto. Uh, She's caring. She's compassionate. She's action-oriented. Um, she's exactly the type of citizen that I'm so proud of uh, that she lives here. Um, I want to just say, you know, thank you to her, uh, but also just to highlight the fact that the city already has about 1,500 hotel, motel rooms under contract that they can be using uh, for anybody. And it just seems that uh, she's been able to reach 18 individuals that the city workers were not able to reach. Oh, I see. So tell us how that process works. 
So most of those hotel rooms that the city has under contract, and I said it's 1,500 in numbers, uh, they're allocated for families. So if you happen to be uh, a parent with a child, uh, you constitute a family, and then they can put you into a motel. But as you know, that's not a sustainable long-term solution, uh, and which is one of the reasons why in the December City Council meeting, uh, I advocated for the creation of 1,000 new permanent shelter beds, uh, simply because our shelter capacity is at a crisis, uh, has reached a crisis level, we're sitting at about 96, 99% of capacity across every single sector, uh, including the family shelters, which are now sitting at 100%, which is why you have the overflow of 1,500 hotel rooms that the city has under contract. Let's talk about the 400 shelter spaces that were approved. Are those now in operation? Um, I do believe most of them are under uh, are now up and running. Uh, it's important to note that they're not um, necessarily shelter beds. Mm-hmm. They're more spaces that people can come in from out of the code. Uh, so, for example, out of the 400, 200 of them are new uh, motel rooms that are now into the 1,500 uh, number that I just quoted with respect to in, uh, increasing the capacity. Uh, additional 110 are now at the Better Living Center, and the balance of that is uh, then sitting at... Uh, uh, respite center, which are basically walk, warm in, drop in centers. You come in, have a cup of coffee, you may be great, able to grab a sandwich, and you can, you know, sit in a chair. Uh, but they do not provide you with privacy, do not give you access to shelter, uh, sort of adequate showers or bathroom facilities, and in no way does it give anybody any access to dignity right. no. or stability. Yeah, Jennifer, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that's, you know, that's one of the things that we've been hearing. I think a lot of the folks that we've been working with over the past few days of, um, you know, they, they've decided to live on the street. And uh, getting them in is difficult because they've had bad experiences with shelters or because of some of the reasons that uh, Kristen is outlining. You know, they, they, some of them are, there can be violence, there can be theft, et cetera, uh, and, and a much more permanent solution is really what the, the vast majority of these folks need. Uh, many of them are dealing with mental health issues um, and, uh, and a considerable amount of uh, legacy issues from having been on the streets for so long. Um, and, you know, the indication from everyone that I've spoken to is what they're really just looking for is a place they can go to consistently to sleep at. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. What to do about the homeless during these extremely cold nights? Let's go to Brian in Toronto. Hi, Brian. You're on Fight Back. Hi, dear. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. Yeah, go ahead with your comment. Yeah, so you guys were saying about the uh, armories. Now, be it, I did a computer search where I found the army at Jarvis and Queen is now a courthouse. How are you going to put people from the street in that courthouse? Okay, I do want to ask. I do want to ask uh, Kristen Wong Tam about that uh, because the idea of putting homeless in the armories was uh, dismissed by council. Uh, is that will there be some sort of reopening of that debate? Um, I think it should be reopened. Uh, the armories have been opened four times in the history of the city of Toronto, specifically to deal with a uh, homeless crisis uh, with extreme weather conditions. Uh, I was the councillor that did put forward that proposition that we open up the Fort York Armory and the Moss Park Armory uh, this winter to accommodate for the shelter emergencies. Uh, that vote was defeated 25 to 17. 
Uh, however, I think that you know one thing that the Better Living Center has demonstrated to us is that you can get these large cavernous spaces open up pretty quickly. You have to staff them properly. You have to make sure that there are washrooms, um, and you have to have shower facilities. The Better Living Center does not have uh, uh, shower facilities. They had to bring those in, but in the armories they do have that. Mm-hmm. And the federal government um, was uh, able to to issue a statement from the Minister of National Defense that clearly outlined that if Toronto wanted to use the armories, the federal government was willing to come to the table and have that conversation. But they are not going to interfere with any local jurisdiction. They're not going to interfere with the city um, proceedings. But but they did express um, an ability to work with us. Um, so that was a failing on city council's part, which is why Jennifer and other citizens uh, have acted, because they felt like they wanted to take uh, matters under their own hand to try to come up with a solution. They want to be helpful. But really, at their core, this is a system fail, uh, and city council has not done well this time around. Oh, we had um, uh, an audio clip this morning on the news of Adam Vaughn, former city councillor and MP for Spadina, Fort York, saying that the federal government is at the ready to assist. Uh, is it a matter of of just asking for assistance? Are they waiting for that? Because clearly they're not going to offer without city council actually asking for what's needed. That's right. And so, so MP Adam Vaughn is, is, uh, has expressed this several times quite publicly and, and explicitly that the federal government is ready to act. All they need is a call from the mayor. Mayor John Tory needs to pick up the phone and speak to someone in Ottawa and say, we need to have a conversation. We'll put together a proposal for you folks on how we'd like to use the facilities. And, uh, and, the, and that begins the process. Uh, and subsequent mayors, uh, sorry, uh, previous mayors have done this before. Uh, mayor Lassman, mm-hmm. Mayor Barbara. Hall, as well as, um, I believe, Mayor David Miller. And why do you think that there is resistance on the part of Mayor Tory of calling in uh, more assistance? Is it that he feels we have the availability, it's just that we're not using it properly? Well, we clearly don't have the availability. There's there's over 500 people right now sleeping rough. That means they're sleeping in drop-in centers, they're sleeping in respite centers, they're sleeping in church basements through the Out of the Code program, and of course the the countless numbers that we don't know who are sleeping uh, on couches or perhaps uh, in the streets or in the ravines or in stairways. Um, so the mayor understands this. I did speak to him face-to-face. I looked him in the eye and I said, Mayor, the, the shelters are full. You need to understand what people are experiencing on the street, what frontline workers are saying. Um, but the mayor has been very clear that he's maintaining his position, that the armories are not adequate, uh, and he will not initiate that process with the federal government. Uh, just one more question on that, and obviously it would be better to ask Mayor Tory directly, but if the Better Living Centre doesn't have the best facilities uh, in terms of a hygienic facilities, facilities with showers that you had to bring in, why would he see the armories as less than that? Well, the armories are outfitted. They're, they're practically large gymnasiums. I've been in, in several of them myself, so two of them, Fort York and, and Moss Park. And they're large gymnasium spaces. They do have shower facilities. They do have washroom facilities. And they're active um, sort of military training grounds. But, you know, just like we have seen um, the federal government extend itself and say they're willing and prepared to open the armories in the emergency shelter system. They recognize that homelessness is a crisis in Toronto. Uh, and their detailed statement uh, to us as city council was, we're ready to, to respond if you ask us to. Um, and it just 
behooves me on why the mayor is so resistant. Well, uh, despite the opposition by Mayor Tory, at least uh, for the interim, because he is known to be flexible and to change his mind when presented with arguments that do make sense. We've seen that in the past. So he's not the kind of person to be a brick wall in terms of, of not bending a little bit on his position. But you've got this online petition, and I'm sorry, I don't know if you, it, it's on change.org. And so far, I was just looking at it, about 35,000 signatures, Toronto mm-hmm. residents uh, asking for the armories to be open for the homeless. What kind of impact would this petition have? Um, I think it should say to the mayor and city council that, you know, opening the armories or beginning the process of of dialoguing with the federal government is not going to be politically risky. Uh, Torontonians are looking to the political leaders and the actors for a solution. They know that people are in trouble who are sleeping rough and sleeping on the street. They recognize that this requires a government response. And as much as uh, Jennifer and, and, you know, other citizens have stepped up with with generosity and, and action, that is not sustainable. In the long run, it's got to be a government-crafted uh, solution. We will work with the private citizens, uh, but it's got to be a government initiative. And that's what that petition is saying, that there's no political downside to this. Torontonians want you to do this. And again, I want to hear from you, the Zoomer Radio listener, what you think, whether you live in Toronto or you live in an adjacent city, we all see the homeless. We see them on the street corners begging with the empty coffee cups, breaks all of our hearts because we know that that's not right. Uh, And yet, as the average citizen, we're wondering, what do we do? How do we solve the problem more than just in a Band-Aid solution of giving them a few toonies or, or loonies. What do we do? Do you have any ideas on how we can help the homeless get inside on a permanent basis? 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Uh, you mentioned there, Kristen Wong-Tam, a government-crafted solution uh, and not ruling out the possibility of involving the private sector. What might something like that look like? Well, we do have a, a budget process that's underway in 2018. Um, and given the fact that the escalation of homelessness and the crisis in the shelter system has not been created overnight, this has been on a, on a dramatic rise over the last uh, two years, 2015, 2016, and now 2017. This is our third year into the crisis. Um, we can actually do better by proactively um, planning to build 1,000 new shelter beds, which I believe will actually help alleviate the big major problem, work towards building sustainable housing that will be uh, obviously a longer-term solution, uh, and making sure that there's more mental health with addiction support, because there are a lot of people who are uh, not able to live independently. They do need to have some wraparound supports uh, to their shelter um, uh, stays, and that's something that we can work with the private sector on, whether it's through uh, different partners with institutions and hospitals, or perhaps with uh, uh, citizens who are are, um, are willing to put up uh, uh, some money. Um, but quite honestly, like that should not be the the primary driver for the solution from the government. The government needs to put together an action plan, and that action plan has already been devised in the infrastructure shelter plan at the city. The only thing that was missing was actually a political will to get it done faster. So there wouldn't need to be a lot of investment money-wise or time-wise to get a program going, because you're saying there's already one in place drafted up. That's right. And also, you know, one of the biggest challenges the city has uh, with respect to opening new shelter facilities is that there's a resistance in certain neighbourhoods. 
um, resistance from neighbors that don't want to see these type of buildings, uh, these type of uses in their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And I would say as a downtown, a midtown counselor, um, I have 25% of these shelters uh, in the entire city capacity in my ward. Uh, we are already carrying the lion's share of the social responsibility for 44 wards in the city. Uh, what I'm saying to people is like, please, um, we all need to do our share. You can't ask, you know, the downtown counselors to do it by themselves. And we all have a responsibility to open up, uh, you know, our neighborhoods and make sure that we know that uh, if we don't have these spaces overcrowded, if people provide it with the adequate mental health and supports and wraparound services, we can get them rehabilitated and back into stable housing and living independently and contributing a lot faster. Okay, counselor, let's get back to the phone. Simone in Parkdale. Hi, you're on Zoomer Radio. Uh, hi, hi there. Uh, the armory sounds like a good prospect, but uh, I did hear uh, someone on the radio a while back, some time ago, that um, uh, someone that uh, was had been in the military, and he said there are weapons in armories, and that poses a problem. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Let's speak to that, counselor. Okay. Yes. Well, I mean, definitely there are uh, weapons in in the military. That's uh, how they are being trained. Um, but then, you know, like everyone else who actually has any guns in Canada, they would be uh, 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 vaulted, and so they will not be in sep- They will not be in the same space as a cavernous gymnasium. Most of the times, the uh, the cadets in the reserve are actually uh, doing um, a physical training, and so there's a lot of that type of work that they do, and they're not always, uh, you know, armed and shooting. Okay. And um, which might lead us to the different questions like what are we doing with military training facilities in downtown Toronto? Why do we have armed guns in downtown Toronto mm-hmm. uh, you know, through the armories? Yes, and that's another issue, but thank you for clarifying that and painting a picture for us. Let's go to John in Hamilton. John, go ahead. Hi, I've heard the uh, Red Cross uh, can come out and assist. All they have to do is open up a shelter and that can be done through the mayor. Um, we can, or They can provide cots and food and um, blankets, etc., for the, the the cold locations. So why hasn't the mayor um, activated the Red Cross? Councillor, do you have an answer to that question? Um, so that's a very good uh, comment from the caller, John. And uh, the Red Cross is in partnership with the city. We have ongoing agreements with them uh, with respect to disaster relief. So, for example, when we have massive floodings where buildings have had to be evacuated or neighborhoods, perhaps, as well as fires, uh, Red Cross does come in and provide a lot of that emergency relief for us. And they're trained to do so. So they're, they are one of the partners that I would look to uh, in, in terms of making sure that in the long term uh, and short term that they're involved. So we have worked with them before. Uh, my, I have one community that was a condominium who uh, basically their building was flooded. The elevators were broken and um, and the Red Cross came in. We set up in the Toronto Reference Library and literally for weeks they were able to provide supports and assistance for people. And that's exactly what they do and they would be um, one of those agencies that we would be working with once again if we were able to open the armories. Kristen, uh, before we let you go, and we really appreciate your time on this matter, uh, explain to us uh, where we go from here. Uh, in terms of City Council actually moving forward on some sort of action plan. I know you're using social media to encourage further action. What are you expecting to see uh, play out at City Hall in the short term? Um, the Community Development Recreation Committee will be meeting again soon. Uh, that's the committee that uh, generated the original recommendation of 1,000 shelter beds and opening the armories and accelerating the development of, uh, of new shelter facilities. 
And so that committee will be meeting soon. The public can come out to depute at that committee to remind us that we have a responsibility to act and to lead. And uh, that's one place where citizens can place their, their energy. Another one is to sign that petition that's on change.org. Um, I can't believe how quickly that petition went from just under 20,000 when I presented the petition originally at City Council in December to now. I think it's almost 37,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly that's another place where people can go. And also just to please contact the mayor. I don't believe that there's any bad guys in this discussion. I think that there are people working from all good places from their heart. Um, but we just have, we're arriving at different solutions, and I'd like the mayor to, to understand really the urgency of the matter. I believe he's back from vacation today, um, and I understand that, uh, that he's uh, in his office, so please call. Councillor Wong Tam, we thank you for your good work. Thank you very much. This is Jane Brown in for Libby's Nimer, Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. And for the rest of the show, well, coming up in the second half hour, you're going to want to reserve a line, especially if you're thinking about your waistline in the early days of 2018. Don't know which diet to go on. You've heard too much about too many diets. You're wondering, is there a sensible way to eat? We have an award-winning author. Dr. Aaron Carroll will be on the line with us to talk about busting diet myths and the fact that you can pretty much eat sinfully and still lose weight. It does, I know it sounds too good to be true, but he swears by it. So you can grab a line now. Your questions uh, for the doctor are coming up in the second half hour, 416-360-0740. If you don't mind waiting, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And up next, will the TTC ever get the 204 streetcars ordered from Bombardier nine years ago? The answer to that question is next. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.